You guys, I told you there was going to be another episode this week. We don't do this ever, but we did it this week. Minisode number 64, I had to break it down, man. Uh, the first uh, Minisode that just dropped uh, today as I record this on Thursday, uh, we covered Rival Pro Wrestling, our two-year anniversary, and of course we had to cover all the, the takeover results and uh, let you guys know that I was horribly wrong on my predictions. Uh, but this week, man, uh, at least this episode, we are going to be uh, talking specifically, uh, talking about SummerSlam as a whole. Again, a lot of wrestling that went down this week, man. Before I get into that, I have a little bit of news I want to get into and congratulate some people. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't take the proper time to wish a fallen soldier, a legend in his game, Nipsey Hussle, happy birthday, man. Gone too soon. Rest in paradise, my friend. And do a little small uh, moment of silence here. Yeah, man. Happy birthday, Nip. Rest in paradise, man. But um, first, before we get into all the SummerSlam results, and uh, trust me, I, I I got some notes here, man. Uh, I just wanted to do my due diligence and uh, bring a little people up to speed as uh, WWE has introduced their newest uh, class to the Performance Center for NXT. Um, quite a few uh, faces that I recognize and quite a few faces I don't. Um, but I did want to give a, a quick shout out to the ones that I do. We obviously saw uh, Austin Theory. We just brought him up, literally, on the episode that dropped uh, Thursday today as I record this. Um, but, yeah, we just brought him up. He was uh, obviously shown in the NXT crowd, so it's obviously official now. Uh, he's part of the uh, the new uh, class of uh, NXT right now. Uh, there is also, most notably, uh, Santana Garrett. Um, a lot of people, uh, I don't know, if, I wouldn't say a lot of people aren't familiar, but she's she's been pretty much everywhere, man. Uh, it's, it's honestly, I'm happy for her because, uh, again, she's, she's been everywhere. Uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, uh, Global Force Wrestling, Shimmer. Uh, she's had trials with WWE before. We've seen her on NXT, uh, quite a few times, but always taken L's, brought in as a, you know, more or less an enhancement talent. But we did see her, uh, brief stint against Piper Niven at the, uh, May Young Classic Tournament in the, uh, opening round. So, you know, definitely, uh, as much as she has been, uh, a journey woman, I guess you want to call it. You know, she's been going everywhere to make her name, knocking on doors, and she's also been in a while. I don't want to, I don't even want to ignore that fact. But yeah, man, um, I actually had a chance to see her and meet her at uh, Starcast One in Chicago last year. So, um, it's crazy. You know, it's it literally we're coming up about a year from that time, and now you know she's officially part of the WWE system, or at least you know the developmental system with the NXT. But I think she's going to be uh, a great you know addition to the women's roster right now. And uh, there was also another uh, women's wrestler that was, you know, included in this class. And I had to shout her out um, because I've actually followed this uh, this woman on the Quincy Jones Show account for about, I think, maybe even the, the very first time, you know, about probably about two years. Because we've been going about two years now, man. Um, 
Brianna Brandy, congratulations. Uh, I know you added me. Uh, we don't usually talk. I think I've commented on your post here and there. Um, I remember when you added me, you said you were, you know, uh, uh, you know, training to be in the WWE, training to be NXT. Uh, you had a lot of other uh, endeavors you were you were uh, working on on your page as well. And uh, but yeah, congratulations, uh, Brianna Brandy. I don't know if, if that's going to be your name going forward on the uh, you know NXT roster. Usually, it's, they like to change things up a bit or uh, have a little bit of ownership. But um, yeah, congratulations uh, to those three. Not just those three, but everybody that actually made it to the uh, the new class of uh, NXT. Definitely excited to see what these uh, these new batch of guys and girls are. You know how they how they're going to do. How they're going to fare against uh, NXT's uh, biggest, baddest, and topest uh, top guys right now, and women, uh, I should say as well. So, um, but definitely, I mean, it's cool because they're again shout out to Brianna Brandy because it, it, it's just one of those things where I read her post. And her face looked so familiar when I saw the the picture. I was like, why do I know her? And then I saw her post, and she said she finally, finally reached her dream, and I couldn't be more happy for someone like that. You set a goal, you worked your ass off, and here you are, man, the fruits of your labor. Now you guys just got to work double time to keep those fruits of labor uh, abundant, as, as they say. You know what I mean? Uh, make sure that that the uh, it never runs dry, so to speak. But, you know, it's on. It's all on these uh, men and women right now. Uh, and, I, I again, I have – a lot of confidence, especially with the three that I named. Uh, the others that I may not know or may not be familiar with their background, I apologize, but I do look forward to getting to know you guys in, in the near future when it comes to the NXT and the develop, developmental system as a whole. But uh, yeah, man, moving on. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into SummerSlam, man. And uh, you know, I just again, I wanted to do my due diligence um, only because we just brought up Austin Theory yesterday, and now it's breaking news that he's part of the. Uh, the new NXT uh, training class, but man, let's, let's get into it, man. SummerSlam. Uh, I'll try to remember my predictions, but this this uh, this episode is not going to be so much about uh, knocking myself for uh, predictions or not. Kind of uh, coincidental, right? Anyways, we're going to be getting into some review because you know what? SummerSlam. They say it's the the biggest party of the summer, the second biggest event next to uh, WrestleMania, and you know what? I have to give uh, WWE their props overall. The graphics were great. The, the staging and, and just the whole presentation of SummerSlam was great. They usually do, like, the, the digital uh, uh, 3D graphics and stuff like that. The live crowd, you know, they, they obviously don't see, but the, the, the people who are watching at home, they, 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 they get to enjoy that stuff. Um, we had Pyro. We have a return of Pyro out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know if this was just because it was in the budget, uh, because it's the second biggest pay-per-view that WWE features. Uh, I mean, it could be that could be argued second or third because I like to say that you know obviously WrestleMania being first, I think it's a tie between Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. But anyways, we have Pyro, we have Pyro again, uh, so that was amazing. Um, but we open up the night with the uh, Becky, the Raw Women's uh, Champion, defending against Natalya in a submission match, and I, I like this match a lot. Um, I thought it was the smart play as far as this is how you're going to start the night. This is going to be. Uh, the match that sets the tone for the night and gets, you know, ultimately the crowd just excited for the rest of the night, the the, the, the remaining entertainment for the night. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, what better way to go out than have one of the hometown uh, girls there, Natalia, coming out first, get the crowd behind here, get the crowd nice and hot. Uh, you know, it was a little bit split. There was a, a, quite a few Toronto fans booing the man. Uh, and obviously they're in, a, you know, Natalia's home turf. So again, you know, they're going to be uh, more prone to want to cheer for Natalia in this instance, man. But, Great back and forth. Um, I love the use of uh, the different submissions that I saw coming out of um, Becky Lynch. Uh, I, I may be wrong, but I saw a little bit of a some possible jujitsu there. Um, I know she is 
an enthusiast, so maybe she instituted a little bit of that offense there, uh, you know, for this match, obviously submissions match. Um, I mean, all the other things, you know, go out the window. The the high impact, you know, uh, moves, yeah, it's great. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you still got to submit your opponent to be able to walk away uh, the winner, and in, in this case, the champion. So uh, a lot of good spots, man. We saw, uh, you know, Natalia had that that modified sharpshooter, like, that was, like, on the turnbuckle in the corner. I thought that was genius just based on the psychology of it because, you know, they made it a point to say that, you know, in submissions matches uh, that – you know, getting to the ropes is essentially meaningless. It doesn't break the hold. You got to get out of it. You have to counter out of it. You either have to, uh, you know, separate yourself from from your opponent. It's on you. But the 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 ref's discretion is not limited by the ropes in these matches. So because of that, even though it's such a small detail, I loved it because when you think about it, normally in, in a regular singles match, if Natalia went for that modified sharpshooter on the top rope, you know, near the turnbuckle. She would have got a five count. She would have had to, you know, let go. But in this match, she essentially could hold on to it as long as she wanted. So, uh, you know, very few times you get to see people use certain things like that, uh, you know, small details, you know, to their advantage and stuff. But all around this, this match, back and forth, definitely well better than I anticipated. The crowd, again, was really into it, really hot. Uh, I, You know, obviously I love the spot where we had Becky uh, getting – Natalia with the sharpshooter, then we have uh, Natalia getting Becky with the disarmor, and you know, obviously, overall, we finally got uh, Becky two belts or Becky one belt in this case. Uh, you know, regaining the win and retaining her championship with the disarmor uh, tap out, which I mean, again, we can't be surprised. WWE they they're known to take their uh, fellow countrymen whatever, in whatever venue they're in, whatever city they're in, and they make them lose. It, it's it's been proven before. They, more times than not, I'd say it's about a. Uh, a 75-25% split, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, as much as, you know, I did want Becky to win, um, I thought that they were going to pull the trigger on Natalia because uh, I figured if they're, if, you know, I don't, on paper, I don't think Trish was going to win as a legend. It does nothing for her tenure there at WWE, and uh, a loss does a lot uh, for Charlotte. So I figured if tr- it wasn't going to be Trish's night that it may have been Natalia's night, but... I was proven wrong. Uh, Becky Lynch retains, and uh, we're going to move on, man. Next match we had, if I want to call it a match, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. This match, I mean, call it what you want, man. It was everything that it was supposed to be and designed to do, but yet it still exceeded my expectations. And look, there's, it's no secret that Goldberg's last match with Undertaker in Saudi Arabia was uh, you know, obviously going to be like the biggest blemish in 2019 uh, that the WWE fans are going to harp over. Uh, I mean, that is unless uh, creative somehow epically screws up the Bray Wyatt Fiend character. But I digress. Let's knock on wood and let's keep it going. Um, I, I don't know if maybe most fans wanted to see Ziggler versus Michaels. Um, obviously, they teased it quite a bit on SmackDown, on the go-home Raw. Um, you know, I think it led me to believe that a lot of people weren't really invested or too interested in seeing this match because, you know, it's been proven in the past, especially like with someone like Brock, who you know is only uh, good for certain dates, and you know it's it's proved to be a little bit uh, it it garners a little bit of issues when it comes to putting in time and necessary investment into a build. Uh, it's hard to build a feud when the person that you're supposed to be feuding with is not there on a weekly basis or is not there you know at least consistently to to help put their pardon into the story obviously this was a little bit different dynamic here we all thought it was going to be Miz and Dolph then we thought it was going to be Miz or not Miz uh uh Shawn Michaels and, and Dolph 
Um, and then, you know, they pulled another, you know, a little swerve, added Goldberg into the mix. And, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it was too much of a swerve. I mean, Ziggler has been getting, a, you know, running off at the mouth about Goldberg. And, I, you know, my thing is, it came to my attention that there was a handshake uh, deal agreement in place made between Dolph Ziggler and Mr. McMahon earlier this year. I'm not here to sit up here and debate what is a part of that deal or what isn't included. I can't even tell you whether or not Dolph is one of those guys that are not directed uh, to, uh, you know, read from a script when it comes to a promo. I don't know if he's one of those guys that just goes out there and does it. I don't know if he's one of those guys that gets notes and bullet points and goes out there and does it. So it was one of those things where I didn't know if those digs at, at Goldberg were legit. I didn't know if they were just him being him. Uh, but he kept raining them down, you know what I mean? He kept bringing them home. So uh, essentially, you know, it all culminated into Goldberg versus Dolph. And let me just say this, dude. Uh, <laughs> probably one of the, the most entertaining squash matches I've ever seen. Um I mean, look, just again, this is everything that it was designed to be. If you if you step back and look at it, I mean, again, it was no secret that Goldberg had a pretty uh, unfortunate time with it being potentially his last match against The Undertaker, streak versus streak and all that uh, hype that didn't live up to. Uh, so you got a guy like Dolph who can make anyone look like a million bucks and anyone he's against, he's going to sell for them like a million bucks. So it's like... I could see this being a, a a play where WWE really wanted the fans to get a different memory, a more positive memory of Goldberg right now to the sunset. I mean, because when you think about it, anytime you type in Goldberg before SummerSlam, it's going to be that match with Taker or probably any of his old WCW matches. But now when you you know when you go to look up Goldberg, the last thing he did, man, you got him cutting through Dolph Ziggler like a knife through butter with three spears, you know what I mean? Jackhammer. And they were all great spears, man. Uh, my favorite being the third when it looked like he picked up Dolph, he was going to leave him alone, and then he, he runs and shoots off the ropes, then shoots off the other side of the ropes. I'm like, man, this is about to be bad. And Dolph sold it like a million bucks, man. Um, you know, Goldberg uh, sent the people home happy. Again, spears were awesome. <laughs> uh, wouldn't, I mean, I, I myself... You know, in the same position last year with Goldberg versus Kevin Owens, I was not happy about it. But you know, a year later, look at me. I'm I'm, I'm over here going for for. I'm happy. I, I I was I I actually had a smile. I had a smile on my face watching this match, and I feel like the way they executed it at the end, even with Dolph still, you know, any idiot could get lucky twice. <laughs> I mean, Dolph is great. Uh, I mean, if that's you know, if comedy is his shtick, he definitely has great timing. His character, obviously, man, he he gets it and. He definitely was – he had me entertained, and every single time Goldberg came out – came back out, I should say, it was like, well, well what the hell is going to happen now? You know what I mean? So, um, but, yeah, a little bit more on that handshake deal. Uh, again, I don't know all the specifics, but lately uh, – I should say as of late, uh, from what I uh, my sources told me, that it seems McMahon is backpedaling out of that handshake deal. I guess one of the supposed uh, terms was that he was going to work for Vince. He came back. He only he was he asked for a considerable amount of time off. He only got two months until they called him back. Obviously, and I think we were talking about this earlier this year. Like the fact that Daniel Bryan and several other people were you know opted not to go to Saudi Arabia. It left a huge hole as far as who was going to face Kofi. Enter uh, you know Dolph Ziggler with this random feud. You know that that spanned I think two or three pay per views. So. 
you know, obviously it looked like he was doing a favor for McMahon. He, need, he really needed him. He was in a tight spot with the Saudi Arabia thing. But I'm also hearing that he said, yeah, I'm going to come back and I'm going to work for you. But after SummerSlam, you know, he's going to let me out of my deal. Supposedly. Vince said he was going to let Dolph out of his deal after SummerSlam to let him do other projects that he is interested in doing. But from what I heard, as of Monday, when he went to talk to Vince before Raw, Vince let him know that he there's no way he can let him out of his deal. And, you know, it's kind of obvious because, you know, they they just let another guy out of his deal. And they, and they, they did a lot. They, they, they ceremoniously uh, allowed him to leave on a great note. And then he ended up leaving, you know, John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, you know, beeline to AEW. So I, I get it, man. I, I totally get it. You know, they're being careful, especially a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who, I mean, they've pretty much been keeping their foot on his neck as far as how far they want him to go uh, within the WWE picture. So, I mean, for him to leave and go somewhere where there's absolutely no ceiling um, and just nothing but competition, I, I mean, I'd, I'd be a little bit intimidated to do so too. But it is worth noting that it wasn't just a, yeah, I know what I said, but mm, I changed my mind. I guess there was some verbiage uh, specifically regarding possibly Vince, uh, you know, preferring to pay him to sit at home, um, which, you know, we've seen him do with other people before. Uh, Rey Mysterio was one of those uh, athletes before he came back. Uh, Neville was another, you know, another person that did that before uh, he got released finally. It's, I don't know, man, it's it's weird. So, I mean, I, this possibly may be the the end of Dolph Ziggler in WWE. Uh, who knows? But um, more on that hopefully next week. But let's get into this match, man. Amazing match, possibly match of the night. AJ Styles, United States champion, defending against Ricochet. And I just want to say, first and foremost, thank you, AJ. Thank you, Gallows, and thank you, Anderson, for finally taking our advice and, and dressing the same <laughs> and looking like a unit, the black, the red, the white, the matching shirts, the, the collective entrance. It was beautiful. It looked great. It looked awesome. It looked badass. Uh, and, and as far as entrances as well, uh, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people were making their their opinion uh, very vocal, uh, <laughs> but um, you know we had Ricochet, who had a bodysuit, which um, you know obviously resembled the Nightwing character. Uh, for those that are uninformed in the the DC comic book universe, uh, for me I dug it just because of the fact that you know they always say, oh you know uh, uh, Ricochet, our resident superhero here at you know WWE, yada yada yada. Um, obviously it brought that point home a little bit, but, you know, as an older head, as a guy that, that is a big, uh, Batman fan, um, and the movies, I, when I looked at it, I, I got just, a uh, uh, you know, a familiar vibe of like Chris O'Donnell's like suit as Robin from the Batman and Robin movie. Uh, but either way, I thought it was dope. I thought it was cool. Uh, other people thought otherwise, but you know, it, I digress. Again, amazing match. I honestly didn't know what else they could do together that we haven't already seen, uh, you know, up in their matches uh, that they've had on Raw. Uh, also, Extreme Rules. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, we had a lot of great flying action, uh, a lot of technical action as well. You know, AJ picked the body part that was relevant to the the calf crusher submission, the psychology, obviously genius. Uh, we also watched uh, Ricochet tell the story of how he was going to work his way uh, through that pain, uh, uh, work his way and overcome with even more innovative offense, uh, let alone off one foot as we saw him do that springboard uh, one-footed uh, 
clothesline to uh, AJ in the ring, which was ridiculous. Uh, we even had a spot where Ricochet essentially used the shoulders of Gallows and Anderson like 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 rocks in a creek. Like he was jumping to the other side of the creek, and he just stepped on their shoulders, and he landed a, a ridiculous Hurricane Rana on a Styles on the outside. And then from there, that's when Styles was able to take control, and he was able to uh, cut Ricochet off and start attacking that leg. Um, it was interesting to see Ricochet's use of the Anaconda Vice uh, as a counter to the to the Calf Crusher. Um, I mean, and, and it was even more interesting that they called it. You know what I mean? Because there's only one name that's been synonymous with that move, uh, as far as I know, in WWE. I, I mean, obviously within like the last five to ten years, I, I you know, it's, it's CM Punk. Um, but uh, amazing finish, man. Uh, I don't know if Ricochet was either going for like a a corkscrew Dragon Rana off the top or maybe just a Phoenix Splash and AJ caught him early, but he literally got caught. Styles Clash, one, two, three. Amazing, man. Amazing. Hats off. Again, possible match of the night. Now, uh, turnabout's fair play because now we're going to get into uh, what I consider the lowest points of SummerSlam. Um, and I have to bunch these two matches together. Uh, now we Bailey uh, defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ember Moon and also the Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon match. Um, again, I, I bunched these up together by default. I found the combination of both matches, you know, and this is based on crowd interaction, uh, crowd interest, and, and and obviously based on how the story was being told in the ring and what story was being told in the ring, if it was, you know, able to be conveyed, you know, in, in any way. So, um, it, it, again, it just collectively, those two, to me, felt like the lowest points on the show. But, you know, let me clarify, as, you know, obviously that's not, uh, definitely not a knock on Bailey, Ember, Kevin, or Shane. Uh, more of an indication of maybe possible uh wrong match placement on the card or i mean for me again this is just my personal opinion in the case with ember and bailey i felt like there wasn't enough of a of a build to get me to buy a ticket to see that like to see this match uh like like there was a build but i feel like there wasn't i feel like the substance was light like there wasn't a whole lot of layers to what you know to to this match i mean again as a wrestling fan you know I'm already going to want to watch SummerSlam as a whole, but, you know, I didn't feel like this match made me want to specifically tune into uh, SummerSlam to to watch the outcome of this match, to watch how this match was going to result. Um, and I'm a fan of Ember, man. I am definitely a huge fan of Ember Moon, but the other uh, aspect I have to point out is that the crowd was uh, unfortunately, and uh, you know, at times unfairly dead when, you know, there was great spots, man. Um, you know, when the SmackDown women's match came along, we had quite a few in- impressive spots from both women, but the crowd was just, I mean, for lack of a better term, just uh, unappreciative, you know? Um, in the end, we did get Bailey retaining with a huge Bailey to Bailey, uh, avalanche Bailey to Bailey on Amber Moon uh, from the top rope. So that was impressive, you know, again. And, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, Kevin and, and versus Shane, man, um, I'll just have to say this. This match felt very different to me than a year ago when we had, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 34. I think it may have a lot to do with the decision that, you know, they've been having Shane uh, wrestle as many TV matches as he has been lately. And also just, I mean, it's just been an, obviously an overall overexposure of Shane as well. And, you know, it doesn't make his appearance at a show like SummerSlam feel that special or exclusive anymore. Um, but I did love the psychology of this match. 
We did get the inclusion of uh, Elias as a special ring enforcer. Um, and, you know, I, I did like what he was doing. I mean, as far as, you know, he played it cool most of the match, but then there was that, you know, subtle but uh, effective little, again, it's all in the details, man. He slides that chair in, trying to entice Kevin Owens to use it on Shane, knowing that he has these emotions that I want to boil over and just crack Shane in the head with his chair. Then you got Shane who's, you know, just, 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 you know, just piling it on by, by slapping him and, and telling him to bring it, you know what I mean? And instead, we got a, a super kick, amazing swanton, bomb back-to-back back with an equally amazing bullfrog splash for a near fall before Elias, the ring enforcer, pulls out the referee, which let me just put a pin in this, and I got to ask the $100,000 question based on logics that was just utilized in the story being told on SmackDown Live this past Tuesday. Look, man. Kevin Owens gets fined for putting his hands on an official, which was Elias, correct? But not only in this match that I just said, we had Elias pulling the ref and interfering with a pinfall, we also had Elias doing the same thing on SmackDown as it was Kevin Owens versus Samoa Joe, and Elias again was included as a, a, a special guest referee, pulled the ref out again, and I, I don't get it. it, it he's putting his hands on on an official. So, is he going to get fined $100,000? I'm just saying. I mean, I'm pretty sure, even though you're an enforcer and you may have a referee shirt on, you don't see referees beating each other up. Uh, I mean, outside of, you know, Nick Patrick and possibly Earl Hebner or Jack Doan or, what you know, back in the invasion days. But, look, man, I'm just saying, if it's going to be consistent, keep it consistent. I mean, this is a huge gaping hole in your story. But, uh, going back, you know, we did get that sweet kick to the infamous McMahon grapefruits, uh, followed by a stunner that Shane McMahon still sells awesomely to this day. One, two, three, KO is still in WWE. I still stand on the fact that I felt like this should have been an I Quit match. But, you know, given the amount of matches and how the card ran, honestly, it probably they didn't have time to do that. And, this, again, this card wasn't too long, man. This card wasn't that long. It felt okay. It wasn't like WrestleMania-esque levels or you know, Crown Jewel-esque or Super Showdown-esque levels of, you know, trying to pack, you know, a lot into, into something that, that it just, you know, it's, it's all about pacing. It's all about pacing, man. Um, so I'm going to go into the last couple of matches, man, as we uh, wind down this mini-sode. Charlotte versus Trish Stratus. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about this match, man. I, I mean, I know Trish is only about a year removed from her last WWE match at the, uh, WWE Evolution pay-per-view, but she still looks so impressive in this match. Charlotte is Charlotte. She's a performer and a professional wrestler by nature, pun intended. Uh, her match quality and her, her match performances speak for itself, you know what I mean? But it definitely created an even greater dynamic amongst the two women when you have a legend like Trish Stratus who, you know, represents, a, you know, another error of, uh, of women who... You know, in that era, didn't get always get uh, all the opportunities or the best chances, but they took what they what they could, and you know they were able to. I mean, we still talk about the matches today, right? I mean that that's that's basically what it's about, man. Um, but again, you know, you have you know this legend who not only can still go, but was going as if she's never stopped wrestling, man. Uh, and again, it was just an amazing uh, all around match to watch. One of the the spots I enjoyed, you know, we do know that Trish Stratus is an avid uh, yoga enthusiast and instructor. So we did 
get that spot where she actually turned the tables on Charlotte Flair and used her own figure eight leg lock against her, which I also thought was a, a little bit of a nod to uh, that spot she used to do, which was the, the Matrix evasion she used to do back in the day. But awesome. Awesome, man. Um, again, I, I think we all kind of knew that Charlotte was going to get the W here as she's been kind of owed a win since she hasn't really been on regular uh, WWE programming um, since, what, the, the triple threat match at uh, Mania versus Ronda and Becky. So, um, but also had to point out that Toronto, I mean, I didn't, did not expect anything less. We're just, you know, just such a class act to Trish as well. They gave her her moment before she, uh, she left the ring, but beautiful, beautiful moments. You know, we always say it's about the moments, but again, amazing matchup. Uh, definitely look forward to see where, you know, uh, Charlotte goes from here. Um, she just had a bang up match with Ember Moon this past SmackDown Live, which made me extremely happy because of the fact that they had that stupid squash roll-up match you know two weeks ago and I you know Ember versus Charlotte was a matchup that I've been you know hyping for quite some time on this podcast so to see that they actually went back they gave him an actual fair shot and they actually gave him time it was a great match um definitely enjoyed it but uh as we move on we have uh Kofi Kingston WWE heavyweight champion uh, defending against Randy Orton, and this may have been the disappointment of the night, I'd have to say. You guys have heard how excited I've been, how enthused, how invested I've been, and, and, and you know, I've credited the WWE, you know, with the build and, 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 and with these promo packages, these video packages, these very well-produced, you know, just just these these videos, man. They pulled me in. They they got me interested in this match. And, you know, it was a good back-and-forth match, man. There was a, a, quite a few good spots. But, you know, the RKO was awesome. The RKO was great. Um, I mean, even at one point we had uh, Kofi Kingston calling for the Trouble in Paradise only to get countered into that uh, inverted backbreaker that Orton loves to do. But I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I need someone to explain why this finish had to be what it is. Um, me personally, man, and this is just preference, I've never been a fan of the heels, uh, you know, that, that whole program where a heel goes after uh, the face, the baby face's family or, you know, the, the, the family's in the crowd and, you know, they, they it just seems like an easy way out. Uh, I know it's Easy Heat and that's the name of the game, man. But I don't know, i just never been, you know, with the Samoa Joe AJ Styles thing. Uh, you know, Shane and, and uh, Miz, I mean, I enjoyed their program, but I didn't like that it was solely over the fact that it was about his dad and the potato face and all this other stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes it gets too much for me. Sometimes it's just, like, underwhelming, and sometimes it just comes off as just, like, an easy, you know, way out to get out of a, a, a certain feud or a certain match, and they don't know what they're going to do. And th- this is kind of what it, what it felt like, man. We had... You know, it was a double countout, a double countout, like a WWE championship match on SummerSlam ends in a double countout. That's trash. I mean, I'm sorry. That's trash. It doesn't matter how good the match was leading up to that point. It, it That's it's trash. I mean, especially I mean, I, again, I felt robbed just based off the fact that they it could have been so good. It could have been so great, even if it wasn't even if Kofi didn't retain, even if if Randy didn't win. Even if they let Kofi actually keep going with his title reign, I mean, they had something. They had a chance to do something great. They had a chance to do something special, especially with the fact with the whole 
stupid, stupid, you know, scenario. And them bringing that up and finally using that and kind of, you know, bending the, 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 the fourth wall of a kayfabe and whatnot. It's like, I feel like that opportunity to, to, to really do something with this match. And I felt like, like, SummerSlam was not the place to do this finish at all. At all. Especially, again, Toronto. I mean, just Canada as a whole. A substantial, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, wrestling crowd that appreciates wrestling. So when a championship match on the quote-unquote second biggest show of the year ends in a double countout, and then you think of, you know, Randy Orton is involved in that match and it's a double countout? Uh, I don't know. It just, that, I, I couldn't, it just threw me, man. It threw me, but I, I tell you what got me right back on track, right back on track, and that would be the arrival of the fiend, man. God damn, boy! I don't. I mean, there's nothing I can say, man. I mean, from the remix uh, uh, version of his music from Code Orange to just the lighting, the strobe lights, the 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 mood, the feel, the vibe, just. We've been anticipating what was going to, you know, what this entrance was going to look like. What Bray Wyatt, the Fiend character, was going to look like when he finally debuted. And man, you know, a lot of fears, a lot of doubts, and a lot of second guesses leading up to this to, to this day. But man, WWE, you hit it out the park. To the lamp. The lamp was insane. The lamp, it, it was... It was Bray Wyatt's old persona, his old character. If you notice, the dreadlocks with the one red dreadlock. And then he has his eyes sewed shut. And the lantern has been just fitted into his mouth. And, oh, man, it looked great. It looked great. Um, oh, man, I, I, it's weird, though. I know WWE has since then edited the, the entrance video so it doesn't you know, include any footage of said lantern. I don't know why, uh, because I've also heard a report that they've already started, you know, trying to come up with marketing plans for merch regarding the lantern and, uh, you know, not just limiting to, uh, you know, as part of a, an accessory for, you know, their, their, um, the wrestling figures with, the uh, Jackson and, uh, maybe it's not Jackson. I don't even know if it's Jackson anymore. <laughs> Jack specific. I, I, I doubt it, but, Mattel, I'm sorry, with Mattel. So it's like I know that you know that I've heard already that they're 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 you know already planning on coming out with some accessories for for this fiend character, and they already have uh, they're already working on a fiend uh, figurine as we as we speak, man. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of this lantern, but oh man, just getting into the entrance. I mean, I felt like I I could have just watched the entrance and we didn't even need the match, right? <laughs> I mean, it ah uh, man, it, it was it was a journey. It was it was an experience for sure, and um, I mean, poor Finn, poor poor Finn. I mean, it's, as soon as he came out, you know, in white, and then was just Finn Balor the man, and decided you know he's not going to be Finn Balor the demon. I knew this was going to go down uh, south for him, especially because we've already heard uh, the confirmations of him being granted some um, pretty extensive uh, vacation time or just time off all, uh, all around uh, following SummerSlam. So, 
who knows? Maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe it was done uh, by design to make him come out and get squashed as the man, and then you know to leave obviously that huge gaping hole open for a feature feud with the demon. I mean, obviously there's a lot of money there. Um, it would make sense that you know with him going on hiatus, he'd come back as the demon. You know, at, at a later time when the fiend least expects it, but. The Fiend got the better of uh, Finn Balor. Um, I mean, think we all knew that one. Uh, Mandible Claw. Uh, he's for sure using Mandible Claw going forward now. Did have an attempt at the Sister Abigail, but uh, it was uh, thwarted by a counter. But the Mandible Claw it is, man. Um, and again, dude, the whew, the song. I'm, I'm in love with the song. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to go look forward to when I'm done recording this because I, I was already a fan of that song. But yeah, Code Orange, you guys kicked ass now uh on to the last match man because i have to definitely bring up the fiend because i mean how do i talk about SummerSlam and not bring up the fiend i almost wanted to bring it up first because it was the most talked about thing you know what i mean um but on to seth rollins versus brock lesnar man um this match definitely different than we thought uh well i don't want to say that i think this is my personal opinion. When it comes to Seth Rollins, I believe that him and Brock have a certain respect for each other and that Brock has a certain um, admiration for Seth and the way he works and what he wants out of the matches that he works, you know, because, I mean, I can't name another person that has gotten, you know, a more decent match from Brock, you know, maybe outside of Roman, but, I mean, it's kind of hard to call that one because those guys just beat the crap out of each other, you know what I mean? Uh, Seth, he's he, you know he has a different um, move set. Uh, he's a little bit more dynamic and innovative with his offense. Um, you know, Roman's a little bit more smash mouth and just you know you know pushing forward and give it straight to you. Uh, obviously, Seth being the architect, he's more calculated. So I don't know. Like I said, I argue that Seth has given Brock his most uh, impressive matches um, to date. I mean. Obviously, I'm not talking about you know the the next big thing, Brock Lesnar, but this, this Brock Lesnar that returned in what 2015, 2016 uh, to kick the crap out of John Cena. When you just look at like his past matches, man, I mean, a lot of the matches that were considered good had Seth in it. I mean, the the triple threat at Royal Rumble between Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Seth Rollins was amazing. Um, I mean, at, at the same time, I will not knock Samoa Joe at Great Balls of Fire because you know we've we've always. Uh, hoisted that uh, that match performance up, you know, on our shoulders because it was probably the closest uh, loss that Brock suffered before he, you know, finally taking the L from uh, not only Roman but Seth. But anyway, let's get back to this match, man. Um, I love the backflip counters to the German suplexes. That right there already changes the perception of this match right away from the normal stereotypical, you know, Brock uh, Lesnar match of suplex, 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 laugh, suplex, shoulder block in the corner, suplex. Uh, take the gloves off, unprotected punches and strikes, suplex, F5, one, two, three. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love the mood of Seth having to run and gun to keep his momentum building, which obviously means that, you know, he's able to dish out more offense in more opportune times in hopes to keep Lesnar on his toes, which I, that's that's the story that I was able to uh, get from, from this match and just the way he was telling the man. Um, amazing frog splash from the ring post through the announcer's table. Uh, we also had that that uh, uncanny kick out uh, from the F5, but then we also had another F5 uh, attempt that uh, you know ended up in another counter from Seth, 
Super kick to the midsection. Curb stomp. We go home. One, two, three. New Universal Champion, Seth freaking Rollins. Um, I have to admit, I didn't see it coming. Doc said it uh, last week on the predictions episode. Usually, when someone guarantees something, if it's not Triple H, if it's not Vince McMahon, it usually is an indication that it's not going to happen. But, and obviously this is just based off, you know, past storylines and things that they've done using the same verbiage in WWE, you know. But, yeah, I was very surprised that they actually allowed, uh, you know, Seth to retain, um, especially being in Canada. You know, that that crowd was very hot for Brock Lesnar. There was a few boos for Seth Rollins, actually, man. So that was surprising as well. Um, But, yeah, we had Seth Rollins walking away, new Universal Champion. Definitely looking forward to see where this is going. I mean, we did have the interaction between him and AJ Styles on Monday night. But uh, I don't don't know what they're going to do with that. I mean, AJ Styles is the United States Champion right now, currently. We did get also the return of Braun Strowman on Monday as well. Um, so I'm thinking they're looking to they're looking to put Seth uh, against Strowman in the future. I mean, it's kind of weird. I don't know if Strowman's face. Um, I mean, he came out to a face pop as he uh, you know helped to defuse the the crew beat down from the OC. So we'll have to see going forward. I mean, honestly, I think it would be better if Strowman is heel. Um, against a face Seth Rollins, uh, I, I mean it's just it's just always better when there's a definitive heel and a definitive face, um, especially when you look at a guy like Seth compared to a guy like Braun Strowman. Like, come on, man, you know these guys aren't going to be buddy buddy. You know what I mean? So hopefully we'll get a heel turn uh, coming soon. Braun Strowman has been faced for some time, and it's almost kind of been kind of a little bit stale because they haven't done anything with him. So it's kind of hard to cheer for a guy when all he does is just go out there and kill people and have squash matches and whatnot. You know, so. But, um, yeah, man, that was SummerSlam. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, again, I had to split it up into two parts. So much wrestling going on this weekend. But a lot more wrestling even bleeding into this week because I think it, I'd be remiss to not bring this up. The boss is back, and she's back in blue. Um, I, you know, one of my predictions was that Sasha was going to come back uh, as, you know, part of the – Bailey match, uh, possibly interfere in the in the Charlotte match, because uh, we did you know I, I believe she was on Raw before she took a leave of absence, uh, obviously due to uh, you know her own personal issues with creative and everything like that. But I didn't know if she was still going to be on Raw, um, but I guess we got her answer because she showed up on Raw, man, and she uh, not only attacked Natalia but she brutally attacked uh, the man Becky Lynch, letting it known uh, that she is coming for her title. Uh, battered her with a steel chair and even got a few shots in behind the back of the head, which obviously not good uh, in today's uh, climate of wrestling. But still, like, it was just crazy. I mean, it, it was uh, it was awesome to see that she's back. Um, you know, and again, you know, when she first came out, she had the she had the the, the hair, and I was like, why are you wearing a wig? First of all, the, the hair was too bulky, and the last picture I think she had posted, the last time I saw her. She had blonde hair. So, obviously, a huge surprise for a lot of people. A lot of people thought that she was leaving. A lot of people, she trolled the, 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 the hell out of everybody, man. That's that's literally just what it is, man. She trolled the hell out of everybody. We also got a huge return uh, with Braun Strowman as well, as I, as I commented. Um, but, yeah, man, um, pretty much. I uh, also want to give kudos to Buddy Murphy as well as Cedric Alexander, man. Uh, those two guys, you know, both had equally 
impressive matches uh, in their own right on Monday Night Raw as well as SmackDown Live. We had Cedric Alexander facing uh, Drew McIntyre in an awesome match. Drew walked away with the W here. I mean, he's he's needed a W because he's been taking L's for quite a bit the last couple of weeks, man. But um, And then we also had an awesome match with Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy, man. People are still talking about it. I mean, that's the thing, man. WWE, they really have to give a lot of their talent more opportunities like this to shine, man, because they'll never know unless they allow them to go out there and, and showcase, man. So, you know, uh, the best-kept secret is out, and I'm pretty sure Cedric Alexander definitely impressed uh, a lot more people than he has, uh, you know, with this whole uh, gimmick of just, you know, the, the whole janitor thing and all that stuff and, you know, out of nowhere buddying up to Roman Reigns for essentially no reason that's ever explained. But, yeah, man, hats off to both those guys. You guys performed exceptional uh, this week on uh, WWE TV, and I, I just, you know, I had to take time out to uh, give you guys your props. Uh, the same as, I, you know, I definitely wanted to take time out again to congratulate that uh, that new NXT class reporting to the Performance Center. Shout out to Austin Theory, Santana Garrett, Brianna Brandy. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Uh, everyone else, all the other men and women that are included in that class, you know, no no shade. I just don't know you personally. But I, I definitely hope you guys, uh, you know, take advantage of all the tools that are at your disposal here at the, you know, within the developmental system. So, but uh, on that note, again, that was SummerSlam. And that was a little bit of Monday Night Raw and a little bit of SmackDown. But uh, once again, I am Quincy Jones Go. Feel free to follow us, The Quincy Jones Show, on all social media. That is The Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, and backslash The Quincy Jones Show on Facebook. Feel free to follow us on YouTube at bit.ly backslash capital K, capital J, capital S, capital T, U, B, E. That is bit.ly backslash KJS Tube. Make sure you capitalize those first four letters or else you're going to go nowhere and nowhere fast. Check out everything that we're trying to uh, put together on the YouTube channel, man. Uh, if you like something uh, that we put up, uh, maybe you're interested in us doing a video for you or, or your promotion, you know, shoot us a message, man. We'll, we'll you know, definitely look, look into it and uh, hopefully we can work something out. But uh, feel free to also look us up on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, CastBox, anywhere you care to get your podcast fixed. We will be right there to sell you a big old eight ball of it. Well, I mean, I mean rest, pro, pro rest, just, just drugs are bad, okay? Just drugs are bad, <laughs> okay? But nah, but for real, on a weekly basis, man, we are here to give you the best uh, discussion, the best wrestling conversation we could bring you. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for reviewing us and uh, rating us. Uh, feel free to do so if you haven't already. Uh, recommend us on Facebook. You can uh, also review us and give us uh, any type of feedback on iTunes as well as Spotify. You can also give us your personal feedback by hitting us up at thequincyjonesshow at gmail.com. Um, shout out to Mark McFly. Shout out to uh, Doc Lesnar, man. And again, once again, happy birthday to Nipsey Hussle. Uh, on that note, yowie wowie, top guy out.